Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, feel like I'm going to be the human epitome of that meme guy walking down the hallway from Grand Theft Auto going, well, or, oh, shoot, here we go again. Welcome in, everybody. Believe in Jayhawks, a basketball show. Uh, as you know, things are not going great on the basketball court for the Jayhawks, but we plow on through here on the program as well as this new year as we are in January of 2021 i was just informed today that is one two one 21 that's so crazy it's like a, the, a binary code up in here except with, with the twos instead of zeros anyways jonas nordman here happy to bring you the news and notes and everything happening with kansas basketball uh here's what's on the docket for today there are some notes to get to first about rescheduling with the postponements and such in the big 12 and kansas basketball games uh, and then we're going to talk about how Kansas stinks <laughs> and how they're not good at anything. And from there, despite all that, I'm going to bite my own tongue, swallow my own words, and say why the sky isn't necessarily falling for the rest of the season for Kansas basketball. We may take a little peek at the upcoming game this weekend against Oklahoma as well. Anyways, Believe and Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network, your Number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I believe it's a, a crazy time right now. Uh, again, I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, you know, that, that calendar turned and magically the world did not solve itself. Uh, still a scary place out there. So I hope everyone's making the best of their time. Um, I've become obsessed with my crock pot here at home recently. I uh, recently made just a delightful teriyaki chicken dish. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I made a little bit of a macaroni and cheese dish yesterday. So <laughs> my life is just a real box of excitement, box of fireworks over here. <laughs> and then there's Kansas basketball, right? So let's start with the news and notes, I like to call them. Schedule change. Um, when I spoke with you this time last week, we were talking about you know, tough result at Oklahoma State, but at least they play a winless Iowa State team on the weekend. Next thing you know, it was either later that day or was the or it was the Friday, I think. Uh, go figure, right? Because anytime we talk about anything on the show, uh, the opposite and the result comes down immediately after I post it or post the episode. Uh, that game got postponed. The Iowa State game for last Saturday did not happen. So instead of having an opportunity to get healthy against a really bad team, Kansas went straight into their matchup against the second-ranked Baylor Bears on Big Monday, which, trust me, we'll get to in just a second. So the Big 12 just today did announce some new dates for Kansas basketball to play. Uh, Thursday, 28th, Thursday the 28th, January 28th. Get your uh, schedules out. TCU at Kansas. That'll be at 7 p.m. Central Time. That is the game that was supposed to be on the 26th. They're just moving it back two days. And then Thursday, February 11th. This is the game that was supposed to happen the other day. Uh, Iowa State visiting Allen Fieldhouse. 
That, again, on Thursday, February 11th, will be at 7 p.m. Central Time. Got that down? The 11th, the 28th, February 11th, January 28th, TCU and Iowa State. All right. So what's going on with KU basketball? They took one on the chin once again. Travel to Waco. I don't think anybody, unless they are wearing just really the most crimson and blue rose-colored glasses possible. I don't think anyone really thought Kansas was going to win this game. The Vegas odds makers had it as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite for the Baylor Bears, which is an astronomical number for a program like Kansas, even in a tough road environment. And by the way, in the, in the vein of people not really believing in Kansas now in this team, I, I, I always reference the ESPN, the match, matchup predictor on their website. It's not the line, the Vegas line. Before this game, upcoming against Oklahoma, they are favoring Oklahoma by 57%, which is nuts. A team that Kansas just beat, albeit by a narrow margin. So Kansas goes to Waco. After losing to Oklahoma State, a valiant effort, though. Didn't get a chance to play Iowa State, but an opportunity to prepare for, you know, the number two ranked team in the country. You might as well just call them the 1B country or team in the country because Gonzaga is right there at the top, deservedly so. We saw them on Thanksgiving Day. And Baylor is an excellent team, deserving of the ranking. Probably would be number one in any other year right now. So no one expected Kansas to win this game. And you know what? They showed up with the, with the extra day of rest, with the extra day of preparation. And they started off the game playing like, well, no one expects us to win this game, so why bother? It got ugly quick. Kansas went into the half, down 41 to 28. And it left a lot of time really for me to think and ruminate and prepare for the show. Even though KU at times would make a run, get down by what, four or five points at a point, and then just toss the ball away, and next thing you know, it's an 11-point game. So I'm sitting there thinking, what's going on? You know, they lose to a mediocre Oklahoma State team. You know, they have tough results, and they get annihilated by Texas at home. Losing to good teams, sure. Losing to Gonzaga is nothing to sneeze at. But then I sit there and I think, and I watch the team, and I watch the way they're playing. And if there's one thing about watching Bill Self, as long as I have in his teams, that you always know what you're going to get, right? Is he flexible? Yes. Has he played by the same style every single year of his tenure at Kansas? No, he is not. Because he's pliable. He's like silly putty. Bend it this way and that way. doesn't matter. Whatever it takes to win with that year's roster. And I sit there and I watch the team on Big Monday. Dan Schulman, Jay Billis, big production, ESPN. The two best teams in the country last year. And I, I watch them play and I say, this team is not good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Had to pause there. They're not good at any one thing specifically. <laughs> It's called a dramatic pause. Now, it should be noted, this is generally what happens with every other program when they lose two of the top 10 players in the nation from a team prior. In fact, we're so spoiled as Kansas fans that 
not only did they lose Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azubuki from last year's team, two players who are now in the NBA, not really contributors at the moment, and they're still, you know, realistically like a 15 to 20th ranked team. But to us, as Kansas faithful, this is a sky is falling situation and unacceptable, <laughs> right? God forbid they have three losses in conference. So, you know, these things happen to just about every other program. It happens. But we're talking about this year's team. You go to Kansas, you watch a Kansas basketball game with expectations. The players know that they sign on with the program, with these realizations that there is pressure. And you know what? Great pressure reveals great diamonds. Although not this year. So let's, let's go over the aspects of a, a good basketball team, especially a modern basketball team, and sort of what we expected for this team. Three-point shooting. There was a point where I thought they had made a turn and they were going bombs away like the 2018 team that made the Final Four. Again, a team that was not overly impressive, did win the Big 12, though, but lost a number of games in conference. But this year's version, inconsistent with the three ball. As a team, they are shooting 37% from three, which is actually pretty good when you look at it on the surface. But we've seen certainly recently against Texas, abysmal. You know, they had spurts. The first half against Baylor couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. The Oklahoma State game uh, was not shooting it well. So this, I wouldn't say this is a three-point specialist outfit. Defensively, sure. At times they focus, but there's other times other teams pick and roll this team to death. They make sure they get the, the mismatch that they want with David McCormack, and it's easy pickings. Again, I think of the Texas game, where it's wide open three after wide open three for the Longhorns. So no, I wouldn't say this is an especially great defensive team. How about just individual ability? Like, is there a superstar on this team? No, there's no one. There's not one player, I should say, at the end of the shot clock where you say, ooh, I'd really like this guy just had the ball in a heave situation, someone that can create off the dribble. Marcus Garrett is a very good driver. If situation calls for it, he can get to his spot within the paint and make things happen. But no, he's not a creator. He's not an electric player with the ball, and no one else is either. Rebounding, again, they have their moments. They play West Virginia. They go balls to the wall, put their nose to the grindstone. And there's games like the game at Texas Tech where the Red Raiders got back in the ball game by crashing the boards and annihilating KU on the boards. So, yeah. Oh, and inside presence, right? I don't need to belabor the point. It's an inconsistent, except for spurt here or there. There's, there's really no inside presence. There's certainly no rim protection. So what is this team good at? In fact, what is the rotation for this group? When's the last time you could say that for a team? Even in uh, 2019, there was a pretty set rotation. Like you knew who was going to play. For this, it's like, it's crunch time. This team needs to make a comeback. Hmm. Do we go to Tristan Anaruna? Should we go to Christian Brown? He hasn't played well recently, except for the Baylor game. Jalen Wilson's now fallen hard times. 
who do we go to? And so there's no set rotation. And maybe that plays into it as well. No, Tyon Grant Foster has not found it. The Division I level has been too much for him. He's completely out of control when he gets in there. Mitch Lightfoot brings energy, but you know what? He's 6'5", 6'6", and gets totally dominated at times. David McCormack, we know, is a cluster at times. (laughs) And like I said, Jalen Wilson has fallen off the face of the earth. Last three games, nine points, four points, four points. Completely invisible. So I think it's fair to say, and everyone can get it through their schools at the moment, you know, this team is not going to win the Big 12, right? We said, boy, they are running into a real tough stretch of schedule. Thank God for that respite against Iowa State, which did not materialize. Because they're about to go straight into the mouth of that grizzly bear there in Waco, Texas. Chip and Joanna Gaines cheering from their cardboard cutouts. I'll say this, Baylor's really good. But I wouldn't want to live in Waco. (laughs) So... God bless. No wonder they're so good. They have to focus on basketball. There's nothing else to do. So this team is not winning the Big 12. It's okay. It happens. We saw it two years ago. And on top of that, there's no way, there's a snowball's chance in hell that Baylor is going to lose three conference games. It's going to take some catastrophic injuries to their players, which we don't want, or the coronavirus He's going to have to run rampant like a wildfire through their roster, which, again, we really don't want. That's the only chance that Baylor comes back to the pack in the Big 12. Texas is not better than them. Maybe they'll push them. Baylor does fall asleep at times. You know, I didn't think Baylor even played fantastically throughout that whole ball game on Monday. I mean, we know that. They let KU get back in the game. This fell asleep at some moments, and then when Kansas was within striking distance, Guys like Jared Butler, who, you know, scored 30 points. Davion Mitchell. They're like, oh, we should probably do something here. Immediately put it back to a double-digit game. So, Baylor's amazing. We know that. Uh, If anything, for college basketball fans, you might as well just sit back and enjoy the ride and the race between Baylor and Gonzaga, the arms race. Because, you know, depending on your rooting interests, a national championship game between those two teams could make for a really special, memorable uh, game that we could remember for a long time. Baylor is excellent defensively. I mean, as Kansas fans, we've seen them both, right? Gonzaga is amazing offensively. But this is a Kansas basketball show. I am Jonas Nordman. Let me know your thoughts on what I thought or what I said on Twitter, at JoeNasty90. Instagram, you can slide into my DMs, at JonasN310. I just don't think this team is at very good at any one thing. There are times where they blow up and have moments. You know, Christian Brown, like I said, finally got off to Schneid and scored 17 points against Baylor. Ochai bad first half. Came two, had a solid second half. And that's sort of the story of this whole team season. You know, spurts of brilliance, long periods of bleh. We saw it against North Dakota State also, right? A bad team that Kansas let hang around the whole time. And this is a point I really want to hammer home. 
I do not want to hear the excuse, well, you know, they just haven't been recruiting at a level that they should be. You know, this isn't a Kansas team. You know, this. you look at this roster, the scandal with the NCAA is just hovering over them like a black cloud. I think that excuse is BS. Let's look at the, the roster, shall we? And let's start with the McDonald's All-American five-star center in the middle. That's a – and David McCormack, if you don't know who I'm talking about. Um, that's a blue-chip bona fide recruit right there. Bryce Thompson, five-star recruit. Sure, he's banged up, so – Tough to blame him. Jalen Wilson was a four-star recruit who was originally signed on to Michigan, who, by the way, was undefeated up until like this past week. You're telling me that program that initially wanted him? No, that's not a big-time guy. He's R.J. Hampton's best friend. R.J. Hampton now in the NBA. Those two worked out together. Wilson, we know, is talented, just hitting a redshirt freshman wall. Oche Abaji is a three-star recruit, yes, but he's also a veteran. And we always laud Bill Self for his ability to develop lower-tier recruiting. All right, Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, Russell Robinson, Darnell Jackson, all, all, all these guys. It's what he does. It's what we as Kansas fans are proud of is the program, guys. Yes, we love our you know, one-and-done guys. Those blue chip recruits, Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid, just in the, you know, right off the top of the head, Josh Jackson, even though he's kind of a, a problem child. We, but we still appreciate those guys that work their way through the program and rise like the cream to the crop. So, no, I don't, I don't want to hear roster issues. This is a veteran team. This is not a young team. It might be young in terms of guys stepping into the roles, but that's college basketball. If that's the case, more times than not, you're going to have a quote-unquote young team because the nature of the beast is players graduating or leaving school early. No one seemed to think that the 2018 outfit, again, was a young team because it wasn't. They were experienced. There's just guys stepping into new roles. Devontae Graham had to take over for Frank Mason as a lead guard. Svee Mikhailuk had to have a more prominent role. You know, Gerald Vick had to step into the role of Josh Jackson. That's not a young team, and this isn't a young team either. Marcus Garrett is a senior who made it to a, a Final Four as well, and he's the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year. He's seen it all. I don't, I don't want to hear the, the roster issues. There are no roster issues. They're just not playing well. It's okay. Nonsense. Teams like Baylor, like Gonzaga. Yes, Gonzaga has Jalen Suggs. But both those programs get lauded and slobbered over for their ab- ability to bring in transfers and integrate them. Nemhard on Gonzaga is a Florida transfer, a guy who is talented, yes, not going to be an NBA player, but he just stepped right into the program. There are no roster issues with Kansas. In fact, they fit pretty well. Yes, you could complain about uh, pure ball handling and a true point guard, which they have, 
and, and Dewan Harris. He has his warts, sure. Don't we all? But actually, for a modern basketball team, it's a pretty intriguing team. They're just not playing well. And sometimes it's okay just to say that your team is not playing well and that they're not necessarily great at certain aspects of the game. It's okay just to admit it. <laughs> so we're short on time right now because I sort of bloviated as I tend to do. But real quickly, I'm about to swallow my words and say, but all that, but the sky is not falling, right? <laughs> I mean, think about the teams that Kansas has lost to. 1A and 1B best teams in the country, Gonzaga and Baylor, which they sort of hung with. I mean, KU was right there with Gonzaga in the second half. Kansas was within four or five points in the second half with Baylor. They got annihilated by Texas, yes. And KU actually had the lead late against Oklahoma State. Had the lead late against Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, again, has a player who might be drafted number one in the NBA draft in the upcoming year. So those are the teams they've lost to. The close games have come against a top 10 team at the time in Creighton. You know, a talent-laden, although not a great program at the moment, or not a great team in Kentucky, but like if, it, if you have a win over Kentucky, you're not going to sneeze at it. You know, beating an Oklahoma team with some talent on it. Texas Tech, who just beat uh, the University of Texas. Uh, a top 10 team at the time in West Virginia. And KU is going to play another top 10 team in Tennessee, although Tennessee just took it on the chin from Florida the other day. So the schedule's loaded. Keep that in mind. And, and with that being said, you know, the Big 12 is... I haven't looked at the Ken Palm ranking, rankings, but the Big 12 is either number one or number two best conference uh, behind the Big 10 for sure. This KU team, the one thing they do really well is battle. And they have some metal about them. M-E-T-T-L-E. So with that said, they may be battle tested. They may run through this gauntlet of the Big 12. And come March... They're probably going to play teams that are not as good as the teams in their own conference. That toughness, that ability up and down the roster that I'm talking about, that is there. Would I be surprised if they went on some sort of run in March? No. Purely based on the fact that I think they're just going to play teams not as good as what they're accustomed to. So, something to keep in mind. There are what I'm basically saying is there's still a reason to pay attention to the season. That's both a beauty and a curse of college basketball, right? As Kansas fans, we're used to constantly winning the conference season. It feels like, like a successful season. But when you come up short in March, you, you get left with that empty feeling. And the beauty of college basketball, and also the tough side of it is, it all comes down to that one tournament at the end of the year, right? It does not matter what happens from November through February or early March. The only reason your season may get remembered are those three weeks in the third month of the year. So watch the games, watch the team, watch as they build up, and hopefully they hit their stride 
you know, later on next month, hopefully they figure something out and hopefully something clicks. Maybe a set rotation, maybe a set way to play the game. And as they start to play teams that are not as high quality, who knows? Then you take your chances against teams like Gonzaga and Baylor in a winner-take-all ball game. <laughs> All that said, watch them go lose to like Lafayette, Louisiana Lafayette or something. <laughs> All right. That's enough. I'll, I'll get off my soapbox and I'll let you enjoy the rest of your Thursday slash weekend. Kansas plays Oklahoma this weekend at 11 a.m. Central Time. Another mid afternoon, midday afternoon ball game, which KU has seemed to have a lot of. And they don't generally play well in them, but it is on the road in Norman, Storm and Norman at the Lloyd Noble Center. Enjoy the game. Uh, should be another tight one. Kansas is not favored now. So those pesky underdogs, the Kansas Jayhawks, look to cause some trouble for their conference mates down south. Stay safe, everybody. Stay warm, depending on where you are located. Appreciate you listening. Feel free to pass this along. If you agree with me, awesome. You're the best. If you, if you disagree with me, that's okay. Discourse is encouraged. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know where I might have gotten it wrong. If you think that maybe this team does have a strength that I glossed over, that they're not emphasizing enough, cool. Let me know. Regardless, I will speak with you next week. Enjoy the game. Uh, the Jayhawks are going to continue to battle, and we're going to continue to support them because that's what we do. Take care, everybody. And as always, Brock Chalk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.